Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Walter Storholt with David Dickens today, and we're celebrating a birthday We'll tell you who that birthday is for in just a moment. David's a president, wealth advisor at KC Financial Advisors, serving you throughout Kansas City with an office in Overland Park. And you can find us online at coveryourassetskc.com. David, happy birthday to you. Oh, wait, no, no, it's not your birthday. Right? No, it's not my birthday. <laughs> It but it is, is an important birthday. It's an important birthday. Uh, it is Social Security's birthday. How does one figure out the birthday of Social Security? Well, funny you should ask. You would go back to uh, 1935 on August 14th and see that that was the day that the Social Security Act was signed. Amazing. Well, there you go. And we can use that as the official birthday. The signing, we're going to make that the birthday. I like that. That's not, a good. Not the that's conceived good. date. Was, so now we're a couple of weeks past. We actually missed the actual birthday, but that's all right. We're catching up. Well, as long as we celebrate it within the month, I think that's uh, that's that's perfectly fine. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll so that. we're we're, we're going to use Social Security's birthday as uh, a little bit of a launching point into some important discussions about Social Security, and in particular, David, you've identified four things that we need to consider when it comes to planning for Social Security. And I'm guessing this applies to people that, like, before they've retired, before they've started taking Social Security. Yeah, these are good things. So we have a really broad listener base. We have people in their 20s and 30s and a lot of people in their uh, 50s and 60s and some 70s. And so, frankly, if you're already doing Social Security, then this is stuff that you either know or don't need to know uh, because your ship has sailed. But these things are really, uh, they're super important, I think, for people in their 40s and 50s, and hopefully pretty interesting if you're sitting there in your 30s going, is that going to be around for me? And if so, what what might it look like? So hopefully we've got something in here for everybody. The four main things that we need to consider are things that I thought were super important as you are approaching retirement, things you really need to know about how Social Security works and, and what you should be able to get out of it. Sometimes I think with these big programs, we really lose sight of just how many people are using them or taking advantage of some of these big things. And I was reading somewhere that 65 million Americans draw on Social Security right now, David. I mean, that's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. And so I I actually did a little bit of uh, digging into the uh, Social Security Administration website and found out that while there are 65 million, that includes a lot of widows and, and kids and, and disabled folks, but the retired worker population, which is by far the biggest, that's about 40, almost 47 million people. And I thought it was kind of interesting that on average, uh, that retired group gets a monthly check of $1,556.72 a month. And so um, while uh, averages can be wildly differentiated, in fact, our members are um, as a young fella, I heard a, an old dude like me now once said that we were talking about averages and how you can uh, torture the numbers a lot of different ways. But he said, you know, if, you're, if your head's in the freezer and your feet are in the oven, then on average, you're okay. And so you want to always take averages with a little grain of salt. <laughs> I like that a lot. But yeah, so uh, the average check is $1,556. I think what, what our listeners need to take away from that 
and kind of the first thing we want to consider is, well, that's the average, but what's mine going to be? And so we have talked about this maybe a year ago, and, and for, oh, every couple of months, I mention ssa.gov, but that's the website that you would go to to actually figure out, well, what are my benefits going to be when I get there? And whether you're, you know, maybe not so much in your in your 30s, although it'd be pretty interesting, but especially in your 40s and 50s and 60s, that's something really important to start focusing on because Social Security income is not insignificant to most American workers. So Walter, if we can just take a little bit of diversion here, I actually went out to ssa.gov this morning and put in, you know, logged in as me because they have added a couple of pretty interesting predicting projection tools into that website. So if you haven't gone out recently, or if you've never gone out, I think it's worth your time. So I'm looking at a printout I did for myself. And, and basically the things that it now allows you to do, which it never did before, is put in a customized retirement age. So whatever your full retirement age is, you could say, well, I want to retire. What if I retired at 63 years and eight months or right at 62? And then it will also allow you to put in your average future annual salary. Well, if you're in your 30s, that's really hard to predict. But if you're 48 or 52 or 56, your average future annual salary might be pretty easy to predict. And if you're 62 and thinking about retiring now, but not taking Social Security until 65, to put in zero for your annual future average salary might be an interesting look for yourself. So Walter, if somebody does that, hopefully they will, what they're gonna find out is, they're gonna see a pretty cool graph that says, all right, if I took my Social Security now, here's the dollar amount it would be. If I take it at my full retirement age, here's how much it would be. And of course, if I delayed till 70, there's how much it would be. It gives you a nice little graph of those things. And then it also puts that customized date with your average future annual salary in that. So it's almost a what if tool that you can use to project out your social security income and not have to rely on averages. I really like that, David. I think that is uh, interesting to see some of those changes and the tools that they've improved. Good to see them actually making some improvements to those projections and figuring that out. I'm just curious, you mentioned the uh, that average amount, and obviously people want to go get their own. But just from your client base, that might give you a more accurate representation of, you know, the, the average person retiring in, you know, the Kansas City area and kind of like the style of client you meet. Is that a pretty low amount of Social Security? Can you give us any kind of perspective? I don't know if you have those numbers on hand, but even just something that's kind of ballpark. Well, I don't, I didn't have those numbers on hand. I, I will say that for my client base, that average number would be low. But I know that the Social Security Administration says that uh, Social Security, that probably that $1,556 amount per month, represents about 40% of a person's pre-retirement income. And mm. you, what you'd kind of like to have is your retirement income be not dissimilar to your pre-retirement income. It used to be, you say, 70% or 60%. But most of the people that I see these days, especially in those first 10 years of retirement, they're spending pretty close to what they used to make when they were working. So I did just some kind of back of the envelope calculations to say, well, if Social Security is 40% of that, where's the rest of the income going to come from? 
So if you're a little bit above average, and let's say that you get 2000 a month for Social Security, and let's say your spouse didn't work much outside the home, and so he or she gets half of what you get. Everybody pretty much knows that because we've talked about it on these podcasts before. So that would be uh, 2000 for you and 1000 for your spouse. That's three grand a month times 12 is 36 grand a year. Now, if that's 40% of what you're going to earn in, and what you're going to need to spend in retirement, that means you've got to come up with 54000 somewhere else because that's the other 60%. And so I'm thinking, well, how big would a 401k or an IRA have to be to safely pull 54000 a month out of it and make sure that you didn't run out of money? So regular listeners to our podcast have heard me talk about the 4% rule from time to time. And that basically says that to safely pull money out of your retirement funds such that you won't run out of money if you live to say 95 or 100, you really shouldn't start by taking out more than 4% of the balance. So to go all the way first, full circle back, if you need $54,000 to supplement your Social Security income, Using the 4% rule, that means your IRA has to be about a million three to put together that $90,000 of income after paying state and local taxes. That's $78,000 of spendable income. What that tells me is you need to be a pretty good saver if you want to have a lifestyle similar to what you were having when you were working in those first 10 or 15 years of retirement. Social Security will provide a nice baseline, but to do the things you want to do in retirement, you really need to have more. And that could be an IRA of a million dollars or more. Something else you mentioned, David, was full retirement age. And it's interesting that they're now letting people just sort of pick their own full retirement (laughs) age. And I think that's just a good illustration of maybe how that term is becoming a little bit more flexible and, and nebulous these days. So it keeps moving around. Any guesses about kind of what happens to that magical age? Because it's an important official age, even if we have the flexibility, right? Because a lot of decisions hinge on that. Yeah, exactly. So when Social Security first came about, the full retirement age was age 65. Uh, If you were born after 1960, then your full retirement age is 67. Uh, Mine happens to be in this weird little step-up age, step-up period, where mine is age 66 and eight months because I'm currently 63 years old. But um, what it's going to be in 2030 or 2040, for a lot of our younger listeners, it's really hard to say. The, the full retirement age had been age 65 from 1935 when it was created, all the way up to 1983, at which point Congress said, you know, in order to shore up Social Security, to make sure that it's going to last forever, we need to change a couple of things. We need to have people start contributing more, and we need to extend the full retirement age from 65 out to 67, and we're going to do that gradually. Well, everybody knows, most people that are relatively tuned into life know that life expectancy has continued to grow way past where it was in 1935, but even past where it was 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. So the younger you are, the longer your life expectancy is likely to be, which means you're going to be collecting Social Security a lot longer than your parents did. And so Congress is very likely to have to make some new changes like they did in 1983 sometime in the next five or eight or 10 years. So my guess is 
that when I'm doing this podcast in 2030, which I'm unlikely to be doing, <laughs> the full retirement age is probably not going to be 67. It's going to be 68 or 68 and a half or 69. That's my guess. Full retirement age is probably going to go up the next time Congress addresses these types of issues regarding how do we secure Social Security for the long term. David, don't kid yourself. You're going to be doing this podcast pretty much forever. <laughs> I've locked you into a very long contract. You didn't know about it, but... Uh, there you go. Well, yeah. Yeah. You're, we'll see you're, how you're that on, goes. You're on the hook as long as you're on this earth, my friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, just kidding. All right. So maybe to bring this around uh, full circle, final point, I know there's uh, another thing that maybe folks might want to consider about Social Security because everybody knows that the longer you wait, the bigger that monthly check grows. So are there reasons not to wait to age 70, especially with, you know, people living longer, like you're going to be the shining example of as you host this podcast for another <laughs> X amount of years? Exactly. So there actually are. And I had a, I, um, I'm in the middle of a conversation with a client right now where he's trying to figure out, he just turned 65 and he's trying to figure out whether 66 is his time or 70 would be his optimal. There are a couple of different factors he's working with, but I see a couple of main key factors that people consider and that I help them think through when they're deciding, should I start at 62 or 66 or 70 or somewhere in between? So the question we're wrestling right now with, with this gentleman is, his wife is 55 and he's 65. He will probably wait until 70 because he is likely to, she's likely to be widowed just using normal life expectancies, if she's 10 years younger and ladies, women tend to live, statistically speaking, a couple of years longer than men, she's likely to be a widow for 12 to 15 years. And so that bigger check when he leaves this earth and she gets his social security check would be really important to her. But there is no mathematical reason why she wouldn't start her own benefits at age 62. So there's absolutely no reason why she would wait till 67, her full retirement age, or 70, which is when her own benefit would max out. She has every mathematical reason to start at 62, and he has a really good mathematical reason to start at 70. I have other clients that have health problems. Well, if you're not going to live to life expectancy, let's just say 84, 85, 86, there's not a good reason to start late. There is a good reason to start at least at your full retirement age and maybe earlier. So those are two things, Walter, I can think of where it doesn't make sense for everybody to start at age 70. It is a, um, it's an individual decision. Sometimes you don't have any retirement income stored away for yourself and you're unable to continue to work. Well, start Social Security when you can and be thankful for the, the social safety net that it is. But when you have choices, then you want to make an educated choice. And that's when you'd want to do some analysis on ssa.gov. If you're not a numbers person, you need some help. That's where somebody like me might be able to give you some help. But just make sure that you go into that social security age with a claiming strategy that makes the most sense for you. All of that is very helpful, David. Greatly appreciate you walking us through some of these concerns as we celebrate 
the birthday of Social Security, <laughs> as as we acknowledge the birthday of Social Security, perhaps. Um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's a good thing to make sure that we're fully understanding how Social Security works, some of the moving pieces that we should be aware of, and uh, this is very helpful to kind of get these refreshers from time to time, especially with, uh, you know, the world's constantly changing around us. Always good to put it in the proper lens, and David does Long that for us. live Social Security. That's right. David does that for us each and every show, and if you need help putting your own financial plan individually into the proper lens and the proper perspective, reach out for a complete planning review, or the CPR for short, and uh, get that comprehensive look at your financial plan at a complimentary meeting with David and the team at KC Financial Advisors. And if you'd like to set that up, here's what you do. Call 913-317-1414, 913-317-1414, or just go online to coveryourassetskc.com, and you can find ways to get in touch with us through the website, learn more information about David and the team, listen to past episodes of the podcast, check out the blog, and so much more. That's coveryourassetskc.com. And if you want to email your questions to David, you can always do that, and maybe we'll feature your question, if you'd like, on a future show. And that's ddickens at kcfa.com. Always, you can get in touch, are listed in the show notes or the description of today's program, so it's easy for you to find. David, thanks for the help and the guidance on the show today. We'll talk to you again next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to next week, Walter. I've, um, I'm working on a topic about 401k millionaires, and hopefully... Well, and especially for our listeners in their 30s and 40s, I hope it's going to be a really interesting show. So I'll talk to you next week. If you are a 401k millionaire or hope to be, tune into next week's show for sure. Uh, that's another edition of Cover Your Assets KC in the books. For David Dickens, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you again next week. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and KC Financial Advisors are independent of each other. For full disclosures, please visit our website at www.coveryourassetskc.com.